Blog Talk Radio. All right, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode 164 of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday, January 23rd, 2016. Plenty of news to talk about the Montreal Canadiens, and we'll do that over the next 60 minutes. Since our last episode, the Canadiens played three games. And well, unfortunately, uh, it's not a surprise, but the Canadians did lose all three games. They started off with a 4-3 loss in overtime against the St. Louis Blues last Saturday night, followed with a loss in Chicago the following night by a score of 5-2. to And then the Canadians came back in Montreal to face the Boston Bruins. And the Bruins, they took the revenge on the Habs for the Winter Classic with a 4-1 win over the Montreal Canadiens. So the slump still continues for the Montreal Canadiens. They have a record of 4-16-1 since December 2nd. And currently this is their worst stretch since 1940. So it's been a long time. One of the worst, in terms of wins and losses, one of the worst performances in the team's history. If you look at the standings for the Montreal Canadiens, it's not looking as good as it has in the past. They have a record of 23-20-4 after 47 games played. They have a total of 50 points. Ahead of them are those Boston Bruins. They have a three-point lead on the Canadiens, and they do have one game in hand. Right behind the Montreal Canadiens are the Ottawa Senators. They have 50 points as well. 
and uh, the Canadians do have one game in hand over the uh, Ottawa Senators. In the Eastern Conference, Canadians are 10th place, so they're out of a playoff spot right now. They're actually in the battle for a wild card spot. The two teams that have the wild card spot right now are the Boston Bruins and the New Jersey Devils, both those teams with 53 points. In between them and the Habs are the Pittsburgh Penguins with uh, 51 points. 51 points. Uh, the good thing, the Canadians do have one game in hand over the New Jersey Devils. The bad news is that the Penguins and the Bruins have one game in hand on the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Let's go now to uh, sportsclubstats.com to see the Canadians' chances of uh, making the playoffs. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. And that's what we're all hoping. We're hoping Canadians can win another game. Uh, right now, their playoff chances are at 50%. So one chance out of two of uh, making it in. So that's the lowest that we've seen, and it keeps dropping week by week for the Montreal Canadiens. And they hope that tonight at 7 o'clock Eastern, the Canadians are in Toronto to face the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they're hoping that they'll be able to uh, turn it around. Our poll question on uh, Habs360 on uh, Twitter, it's pinned on our profile. You can go there and, uh, and uh, vote. Canadians have three games from now to the All-Star break. Tonight against the Leafs, and then back-to-back on Monday, Tuesday. It's a home-and-home series against the Columbus Blue Jackets. So out of a possibility of six points, how many points will the Canadians get in the next three points? Uh, You can also take the time and interact with us at Habs360 with anything Montreal Canadiens related. And our phone lines will be open for the entire episode. Phone number to reach us from anywhere in North America one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five, and tonight, prior to the puck drop between the Canadians and the Maple Leafs, follow Habs three sixty for your chance to win a hundred dollar gift card courtesy of Experience uh, Old Montreal, a gift card that is worth uh, sorry that is valid at a, a dozen restaurants in Old Montreal. So you can go ahead, and we all know that there's plenty of restaurants, good restaurants in Old Montreal. There's even some stories that we uh, saw a couple of Montreal Canadiens players in that area on the Thursday night, and they they had some fun. Joining me, my co-host, editor-in-chief, and the owner of the All Habs Network of Sites, social media, almost on every social media site you can follow via All Habs, the website itself, allhabs.net. Rick, how are you doing? I'm, I was fine until I listened to what you said. My goodness, is there any good news? Well, let's let's start it positive. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on Hams 360. It's our winners and losers. So, Rick, let's get it started. Let's start it, the show off positive. Who are the winners for uh, for the week? Okay, I got to get myself worked up to this because uh, you know what what you just mentioned. I, remember at the beginning of the season when you were saying about the, the chances of making the playoffs were like 100%? Um, yeah, it went up to like 99.9 at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw somebody tweet um, in the last day or so that on December 2nd, um, 
Canadians had about a 20-point lead on Carolina, and now they now they have the same same number of points. Yeah, that's uh, very accurate information. Yeah. Okay. So this this is more depressing news. So we're supposed to be talking about winners. <laughs> exactly. Um, sorry. Um, how about your C cash? Did you like that that trade that he's going to the Hawks? Uh, I liked it in a sense, uh, hoping that people stop uh, seeing that the Canadians misuse them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So we're war- we're warming up. Um, <laughs> We're going to have a few here to warm up. Um, how about um, John Scott? He's going to the All-Star game. Well, that's good news. Um, you know, I, I uh, personally, I, um, I I could care less whether he goes or he doesn't go. He he didn't necessarily earn his way there. Well, uh, not necessarily. He didn't earn his way there at all. It was just simply uh, a joke. Uh, that kind of got propelled by a website and and um, but fine he he's he's going um I talked to him on Wednesday night, and um he was just happy that the whole thing's over he said he doesn't he doesn't want to talk about it anymore he um he he said i'm I'm just happy to play hockey because that's what I get paid to do um so he's uh, the Ice Caps are playing. Uh, they start at two o'clock, so they're playing today, and it will be his third game um, for the Ice Caps. It's been rather unremarkable, um, you know, a couple of hits, um, uh, the intimidation factor maybe, but he looks really out of place on that team. But he's 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 got a home. He's playing hockey, and he's going to the All Star game. So there's there's some positive there. He has uh, this year, this year with the Coyotes. He had the one assist in eleven games, so that's in the same pace like who from the Habs, uh, like Tom Gilbert. Um, so he's not bad, right? All star performance. <laughs> one thing that stood out for me is um, in the press conference that Mark Bergevin had this week. He was asked to comment. About that trade, I, I want us to hear it on uh, on his response. Well, I, I don't make trade based on the All Star game. Uh, I uh, the timing uh, that was the timing to make the trade uh, with John Scott. Uh, that has nothing to do with the Montreal Canadian with the All Star game. Uh, I made a trade that at the time I had to make that trade, so I have some reason that I can't really tell you why. But uh, if I could, you probably would understand. So there, Rick, we heard that. Uh, we didn't really talk about it uh, last week, but there was some uh, conspiracy theories uh, circulating around social media that this was a way where the league were trying to avoid uh, John Scott to play in the All-Star game. I wasn't believing it, right? Because you can't believe everything you read on the internet and on Twitter. But when you when you hear a response like we just heard from Mark Brejave, it was like, oh, maybe they're right. Well, he didn't. Yeah, he did nothing to squash those those rumors because he said I had to make the trade, and it's a super secret reason that I can't tell you about. It was, in other words, it wasn't my idea. I had to do this. So, where's that coming from? Is that coming from the league? Is that coming from uh, Jeff Molson? 
um, it, he, he just kind of added to the to the whole uh, spe- speculation uh, by what he said. And it, I don't think it was uh, if it was a trade request. It wasn't anything that made it out to public, like uh, Dwayne or um, a defensive from Yachting. There's uh, I can't remember his name right now. At least them we know it was out public, so them I can sort of understand where they're forced to do a trade. But at least in the public. We all know behind closed doors, Tenorti probably did ask for a trade probably a long time ago, but why was it uh, suddenly had to be done at that time? still don't understand. In, in, that, in that post-trade interview that, uh, that uh, Tenorti did with, um can't remember who it was, um, but he, he said quite um, explicitly that he never asked for a trade. Um, okay. Uh, he he also he also went on to to uh, be very complimentary about uh, the treatment and the communication that he got from Bergevin. Uh When he was asked about Tarion, he withheld comment, <laughs> which I thought was very interesting. One day we'll find out, but <laughs> but it seems kind of fishy right now. So yeah, well, I mean, on the face of it. Um, John Scott for uh, for Tenorti, it's it's silly. It, if if that's it, it's the worst trade. It's the worst trade of of in in Canadian one of the worst trades in Canadians' history. Is it worse um, than uh, Gomez? Well, yeah, but see, at the time, at the time, um, it was a bad trade. But but McDonough only had potential, right? We did we didn't know what McDonough was going to become. And it's since become a horrible trade, yeah. uh, but there was a chance at the time that that it was going to be a good trade. There's no chance at all at right now at the time of the trade <laughs> that this is going to be good. There isn't. Yeah. Um, Fournier is better than Stefan Fournier is better than John Scott, and is contrib- was contributing more to the Ice Caps. Um, anyway, we're supposed to be talking about good things here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so uh, given that we were we were just talking about um, John Scott, John Scott took the place of yes, Stefan Fournier got uh, got sent out of the Ice Caps, but uh, kind of an underreported story was that the Ice Caps terminated the uh, PTO of of Eric Nielsen. Eric Nielsen was their enforcer, uh, did a great job. In addition to being an enforcer, he was. He was one of the the team leaders. He was a a rock in the um, in the dressing room. Um, it's it's the youngest team in the league. Eric Nielsen was. You, you talk to anyone on the, the Ice Caps roster, and and Eric Nielsen was terrific with them. Uh, even though he wasn't playing that many games in practice in in the locker room, um, he was pretty solid. So it was it was. Um, really, a, an unfortunate cons- consequence that um, you know people were crying about John Scott not going to the to the All Star game. Well, here was a, a a person who was losing their livelihood, uh, Eric Nielsen. The good news part, because we're in winners, um, is that um, he he's he's got a spot. Um, he's in the e- ECHL right now, and he's playing for the Missouri Mavericks. Um, so he was actually on loan for the Ice Caps from the Manchester uh, Monarchs. Uh, they traded him this week uh, to the Missouri Mavericks, and uh, he's got a new home. 
not AHL, um, you know, caliber or, or money, uh, but at least he's playing. So good news story for Eric Nielsen. Yeah, definitely agree. 31 years old, uh, drafted by the Los Angeles Kings. Um, good news story is um, Mark Barberio. He he's um, he passed that threshold, um, uh, uh, the waiver exclusion. So now, if he's sent down, he's exposed to waivers, and uh, doesn't look like he's going anywhere anytime soon. So it must be a a relief for him. Um, he he has made a ton of mistakes, a ton in his own end. He's He's given up um, more goals than, than Tenorti ever gave up in his entire career in just the past um, or contributed to, to goals. Uh, but he's also been very good in the offensive zone. And here's a perfect example of letting a uh, young guy – well, he's not so young anymore, but, but guys with less experience uh, with the team go out there, make their mistakes. He's made a ton. But he's also worked through them, and he's he's uh, contributed and played very well. He skates very well. He moves the puck very well, and seems to fit well um, in on the third pairing. Um, and uh, I, you know, I, I I know it's it's you know Tarion does this with certain guys. I know it's partly because uh, Barbario's a hometown um, hometown guy, uh, but. Um, that's the benefit of letting letting inexperienced players play through their mistakes. Down there. After the puck, throws it up the middle. Subban to And that was Mark Barberio scoring the only goal for the Canadians in the 4-1 loss against the Boston Bruins. His first goal with the Montreal Canadiens. And now, Rick, like you mentioned, he'll have to go through waivers if the Canadians decide they want to send him down to the AHL. Uh, we've seen Tom Gilbert, he started to skate, so he's technically sooner than later. He'll be ready to go back in the lineup. So we're back to the same square one where we were with uh, Winton Nordy was here, back to a defenseman, and I think it's looking like there's a good chance Canadians are going to finish the season with number eight, with uh, with eight defensemen. Do you think Gilbert, when he's ready, he comes back, or will he have more of that uh, veteran presence like uh, Bouillon had towards uh, his last season, Mike Weaver, etc.? It's it's going to be interesting um, because Terry likes Gilbert, obviously, um, but the, the Canadians' whole philosophy is kind of up in the air um, with Carey Price. Um, and that the uncertainty around that do do the Canadians become sellers at the trade deadline? You know, uh, uh, Price if he if he gets back on this new schedule, the third schedule, I think, um, will be getting back just before the the trade deadline. And is Gilbert a piece that can be moved if if they're going to shut Price down for the season? Uh, Beaulieu was, was has been talked about uh, as far as. Uh, an asset that's tradable. Um, his his injury doesn't seem to be too uh, you know uh, too impactful. So maybe he's he's an asset that's moved. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, uncertainty yet for the next month, um, particularly with the defenseman. Yeah, Mark Bergevin has always said 
Uh, he, you can never have enough defensemen. And ever since he's been here, if there's one thing he's been consistent with is having a lot of defensemen on their uh, on the roster. So and add comes, Victor Bar- add Victor Bartley to that list. Um, although he he got injured in the uh, first game, he went down to play for the Ice Caps. Yeah, that's right. So he's down with the AHL, but if he does get called up, if I'm not mistaken, he he would need to go back through waivers to go back down. So there's a good chance that he he sticks around with the with the Ice Caps this season. That's right. Although he's passed through waivers a couple of times, I think. So we'll we'll see. It's it's very fluid. So we're at the winner of the week, and I think um, it. I I don't. You know, Saku Koibu used to get a lot of criticism um, from a certain portion of the fan base, um, uh, but I, I don't think I've I've seen a captain so universally criticized as Max Pacioretty. He's he's re- received a you know there's there's a whole contingent of Subban fans that want to strip uh, Pacioretty of his captaincy. There's a whole contingent of Gallagher fans, um, but I. I thought that Pacioretty, I, I mean, it's it's the job of the captain to come out and, you know, the the the, the communications department gives Terry and his talking points, uh, gives gives the team their talking points before the media is allowed in for the uh, the post game um, kind of scrums, and and normally they they do that. That's that's what they're supposed to do, but Pacioretty has veered off um, a couple of times, and I thought it showed some leadership. I thought it showed some 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 guts, uh, particularly after the St. Louis game, uh, when he said that um, that up up three to two with six minutes left, we cannot lose that game. Good teams win that game. Average teams win that game. We need to be a good team. Um, it was it was completely in in contrast to Terrian who came out afterwards and said, uh, we, we we just didn't get any puck luck. Um, I thought I thought. Um, Pacioretty was kind of taking it on um, and, and, and being very honest about the situation and saying we must be a better team. So for that reason, um, Max Pacioretty, uh, because of his leadership, because of his courage, we're going to give him winner of the week. And he's taken a lot of heat for the Canadian struggle about his uh, leadership skills. He's also been take, he's taken some heat on his uh, scoring for this year. And, well, he's still on pace in uh, scoring 33 goals this season. And while it's the Canadians, if they eventually get out of the slump, you might get those couple of extra goals that'll help him bring up uh, bring up his total to uh, 35 or 36 goals. And even if you look, even though the Canadians are in this bad stretch right now where they're not scoring a lot of goals, Max Pacioretty has five goals uh, in his uh, last nine games played. So that's still a, a good pace. So that's Half a goal a game, so that's a, a pace of uh, 40 goals, which is what we're expecting from uh, from Max Pacioretty. So, well-deserved. And we, we sent out a tweet earlier uh, prior to the to the episode asking people if they had, uh, who are their nominees for winner of the week. We got one from uh, Home of the Habs, and his choice was Paul Byron. Paul Byron got is out right now with an injury, injured reserve. He's had a good uh, season so far. One of the good pickups that uh, Michel Bergevin has done 
Mark Bergeron, I should say, uh, through the <laughs> waiver wire. So those are our winners. We're going to take a break. On the other side, we'll tell you who our nominees are for our losers of the week. You can reach us via Twitter at Tabs360 with your comments. You can also give us a toll-free call at one eight seven seven four five five forty nine. 45. Let us know what's on your mind, Montreal Canadiens related. We're here to listen. We're here to discuss. And let's try to solve the Montreal Canadiens issues. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. Frameworth is the exclusive supplier and distributor of autograph products for some of the best hockey players in the world, including Carey Price, Sidney Crosby, Jonathan Taves, John Tavares, and Alex Galchenyuk. Thanks to Frameworth, Habs 360 listeners can receive free shipping on any order. Shop online at Frameworth.com and type in Habs 360 at checkout. Frameworth is an official licensee of the NHL, NHLPA, Hockey Canada, CFL, and the Hockey Hall of Fame. For more information, visit Frameworth.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. All right, welcome back to episode 164 of the Habs 360 podcast. My name is Chris at Christie1980, along with Rick Stevens at All Habs. Is the way to reach him? Want to remind you of a poll question? On Twitter, Canadians have three games before the All-Star break. Tonight against the Leafs at 7 Eastern. And that will be followed with a home-and-home home against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And the question is, how many points will the Habs get in the next three games? Vote on a poll question, and we'll discuss that uh, later in uh, today's episode. So before the break, we announced Max Pacioretty is our winner of the week. And Rick, let's get things started with your nominees for Losers of the Week. All right. Um, I, gu- I guess you had mentioned the the 21-game stretch, uh, a record of 4-16-1. Uh, 
I, I, I think the only, I mean, the Habs, Habs fans, Habs fans worldwide are the biggest losers in, in having to put up with that stretch. That's, that's changing the definition of what we usually term. But, but if you're talking about who has lost the most for the last seven weeks, Habs fans, their, their emotions, their, their confidence, their, their hope, um, they've really lost the most. But let's, okay, that's just kind of the preamble. Now let's turn the, the, the definition back to what we traditionally um, use it on this show, and that's the losers who, who were at fault in some way this week. Um, let's go back to the, um, the Chicago game where there were just two blatant bad calls, um, uh, uh, an offside and an icing call that were brutal. Um, so NHL line, linesmen, but we're, gonna, we're only going to give half of the blame to NHL linesmen. Uh, we're going to give the other half uh, to uh, Clement Jodrin, um, who uh, is up in the booth, uh, one of the assistant coaches, um, has has all the video equipment is you know he's the eye in the sky for the Canadians has communication with the bench. Uh, Terrian said after the game that yeah the the play was was badly offside but that they didn't get the information in time from um, Jodouin. Um He didn't name him but from the booth we know who it is, um, and that's got to be on him. Um, he's got everything at his disposal. Um, you know, maybe technology isn't his thing. Um, he's, uh, he's one of those old school coaches. I don't know, but, uh, he bears at least half of the blame, um, in that regard. And both Chaudoin and NHL, the NHL line's been on duty that night. will will be one of our nominees. Referees have uh, the toughest job in the game. Um, they're definitely, uh, not perfect. I haven't seen the replay or anything, so I, I really can't comment on whether it was or wasn't icing. Um, the only thing I was uh, was asking them at the end of the period was, you know, the earlier they can make a call, you know, maybe I get to, a chance to get out and play the puck there, and, and then it doesn't turn into a bit of a cluster behind the net, and, uh, you know, a bounce go, doesn't go our way. So um, they got a tough job, and, you know, it's a, it's a bounce that we uh, we got to try and fight through. So that was uh, Ben Scrivens following the game, a uh, game where he made uh, 28 saves on uh, 32 shots and like let's be honest Chicago was the better team in that game against uh, on uh, last Sunday so I wouldn't say it's the reason that they lost but even if you would have challenged that offside goal uh, that Jonathan T scored it could have changed the game the momentum could have been different and so I, I definitely do agree with you Rick that uh, linesman Andrew Dwayne deserves to be a, at least a nominee for loser of the week so our next one, you know, um, we've seen some some very strange lines. Um, Michelle Terrian seems at a loss. Uh, he he has no other coaching tool at his disposal to to try and turn around this team, give them a spark, uh, help improve the scoring, other than than changing lines. And we've seen some strange lines, but um, I think universally amongst the the Habs fan base, the, the worst line this year has been the current second line, um, and that is David DeArnais centering uh, Dale Weiss and Alex Galchenyuk. 
um, you, you know, even uh, someone like Arpin Bas- Basu and, and uh, Brian Wild, they're all saying, oh, my God, not another game or not another practice because the line has been dreadful. Um, they're not creating the scoring chances that, that, that are needed, but worse than that, they're just horrific defensively. Um, you know, you just you just make a small change and you, you move Galchenyuk with with Eller and Carr, and you, you've got um, Galchenyuk who, who can do the setup. Carr can finish. Uh, Eller can can be that uh, you know, the safety net on the defensive side. There's no defensive safety net with with Darnay Weiss and Galchenyuk. There's none. Um, Darnay loses battles. Weiss, you know, um, we saw in the Chicago game on the first goal. Um, and Galchenyuk's still learning the defensive side of the game. That line is just dreadful. Um, and we'll see it again tonight against Toronto. They've been minus 11 combined in the, in the, the three games this week. And only one point, David Darnay uh, got an assist. And Let's go back, Rick, to uh, Galchenyuk. We've seen him off-center. Now he's playing on the wing for at least uh, the last three games. Uh, Brezhevin was asked in the press conference on Thursday, is the experiment, well, it's, I don't know if it's even an experiment anymore, is Galchenyuk at center done? And he says that it was just uh, the coach trying to find solutions to uh, to the scoring problem that the Canadians are having. Uh, what are your thoughts? Do you take his words to face value, or do you think there's more to it? I, I you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take it at face value. I, I guess I, I, I would hope that that Tarion would have, or, or even his. Well, I know he doesn't listen to his his assistant coaches very much, but somebody would say, you know, um, this this doesn't work on paper, okay? And and we should know that. Um, and then the the um, results, as you said, for the last couple of games have been terrible. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. Um, Eller's now back at center. Uh, whether they, you know, whether this is to keep Eller in a in a shutdown role because DNA was having. Uh, trouble in that role um, on the third line. I I, I don't know, but um, I think I think it's created more problems, um, uh, particularly with as much ice time as as uh, the DRN A line is getting. Okay, so why don't you tell us, Rick, who is our next nominee? Um, I I think. Um, no question, uh, Jonathan Duran, along with his agent Alan Walsh, the bizarre Alan Walsh, um, the destructive Alan Walsh, um, need a place in our in our loser column this week. Um, you know, and it it relates to the Canadians in that um, the reports that we're we're hearing um, is that the Canadians have been very aggressive in pursuing Jonathan Duran. Um, and I think to the extent they, they're not just rumors or idle rumors, they're coming from sources in that this is, this is, these are leaks coming from the Canadians communication department. I think in, in, 
in large part to stem the criticism or try to stem the criticism of, of the record and Tarion and, and all that, or that Bergeron's not doing anything. Um, well, but, plus we've, okay, seen, t- we've also seen scouts watching Drouin in Syracuse. Yeah, well, uh, the Canadian scouts have, have been there uh, along following him. Um, of of greater importance even than one of the scouts, Rick Dudley, uh, the assistant GM, was um, uh, was there. So, yeah, there's some serious interest. Um, and for Jonathan Duran or Alan Walsh or whoever came up with this idea to decide that enough was enough, um, that the, the trade timeline wasn't, wasn't according to their liking, so they were just going to refuse to play from now on. Um, that, that, I mean, does it hurt the the lightning? Maybe temporarily, um, but this this hurts uh, Joanne a lot. And if Alan Walsh is driving this once again, as he did with Alack, he's giving him awful, awful advice um, because now. Uh, Duran's being seen as, you know, having some some character flaws as well, um, and and being a problem player, and and doesn't necessarily fit into that Bergevin character model. Um, so I I think both Duran and Walsh have to be one of our losers of the week. Uh, one interesting point that uh, Stu Cowan from the Montreal Gazette uh, tweeted out a couple of days ago, and it puts things in perspective. Uh, Drouin in his NHL career has six goals in 89 games and from the Montreal Canadiens, Daniel Carr has five goals in 17 games so so that really puts things into uh, perspective like in a sense where you know what go out there, prove yourself before uh, especially before making this type of uh, request so, yeah absolutely it- So we'll see how that ends up. For sure, Joanne is out there in uh, in the, the trade market. So we'll see sooner or later where he'll be get traded, and we'll see if he'll end up in a Montreal Canadiens jersey. Uh, so now, we're, you wanted to add something, Rick? No, go ahead. So now we're going to uh, to our 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 loser of the week. Is it the person who suggested? That uh, PK Subban play forward for the Montreal Canadiens, Rick. <laughs> what's the answer to that? Well, who's who's our loser of the week? Well, if if, if Michelle Terrian was des- deciding our loser of the week, uh, I think he'd put that person right up there because he gave a really curt answer, just a no. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was a dumb question. But you can't um, remember. But no, no, I I don't at all. That was okay. Um, yeah, I agree completely with the coach. I agree completely with Michelle Terry. Is that what you want me to say, Sunday? There you go. So the, the, you'll, we'll hear that uh, throughout the season. Yeah, you recorded that, and yeah, we'll hear that <laughs> over and over. But our loser of the week, um, our, our loser of the week is actually a trio. Um, it's like a line, actually. Um, the starting line for the Montreal Canadiens management. Um, these three have presided over the worst losing streak in 76 years. So I, I mean, they, they've got to be they've got to be uh, at the top. That is Jeff Molson, Mark Bergevin, and Michelle Terrian. Um, no other um, ownership group or management group has has uh, 
had a worst losing streak in 76 years. And, and one of the reasons that we're putting them there um, is we found out this week uh, via uh, Mark Bergevin's uh, news conference, there's no consequences. No consequences whatsoever for the losing streak. Um, Molson, obviously, um, safe. Mark Bergevin was given a seven-year contract extension by uh, Jeff Molson. He's safe. And Mark Bergevin extended, um, you know, he, he's got a, a, an immunity idol, and he extended his cloak of immunity to Michelle Therrien, said Michelle Therrien, no matter what happens under no circumstances will, be, will he be fired this season. Let's hear it. Yep. Let's hear it before we continue. Michelle, Terry, and the entire staff will be here regardless of what happens. Regardless. The entire season. Okay. It's on me. It's on me. There you go. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I, I know that some are praising um, uh, Bergevin for saying, oh, it's on me, blame me. But but what's 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 the blame? It's it's like the Pope saying blame me. He's got he's got immunity for you know he's got a seven year contract, and I know that GMs are are turfed before uh, the end of their contract. It happens, but they're not going to be turfed, you know, this early into it. Um, and and Mark Bergevin is so uh, saying blame me is is meaningless. There's no risk to him saying blame me. Because um, nothing's going to happen to him. Uh, so again, no consequences. Worst losing streak. Um, they they have to be loser of the week. Uh, let's hear uh, Bergevin before I respond to that. Throughout uh, this period, it's been very hard for all of us. Um, I think it's important that I'm here as the general manager, and I'm in charge of all hockey operation. And all the critique uh, should be directed at me. I'm the guy that provides the players. I'm the guy that put this team together, and it's on me and me only. Michel Thierry and his coaching staff, I believe, extremely in them. The players also do, and uh, they're not going anywhere. We're going to get through this together. A foxhole guy. Somebody, if you're ever in a foxhole, you want it next to you. That's what Michel Thierry is. He assumes uh, he's a good human being. He's an excellent coach. He communicates with the player very well. He makes, he knows he has to make him better, and he works at it every single day. And that's what I love about Michel Therrien. So there we heard a couple of uh, quotes from uh, Thursday's press conference uh, given by uh, by Mark Bergevin. I've I've mentioned before on uh, here in previous episodes. I don't think this year that uh, Michel Terry has done a um, an excellent job. I don't think he's uh, he'll be nominated for a Jack Adams Trophy, but at the same time, I don't think he's the worst coach in uh, the league. I think the Canadian slump that they are in right now is because of the players that uh, that he has on his roster. If we keep looking, I'm going back to a, to a point that I've mentioned in the past. How many top six forwards do the Canadians really have? Uh, Pacioretty, Galchenyuk. Uh, okay, you can throw in Gallagher, and I'll be generous, and I'll throw in Thomas Plakanitz as well. So they have four uh, top six forwards. The rest, he has no choice to put players like 
Dagnet, like the Dale Weiss, because there's nobody else to put it on those uh, top six spots. So, so the Bergevin did give his um, did confirm that the coaching staff will be there, and he believes in the coach. He believes in the players. Uh, when it comes to the players, I think regardless whether or not he's trying to trade, because he did mention many times during the press conference that his job is to improve the team. So for the players, I think if you would have gone out and say, I am actively looking for a trade, what is he actually doing? I think he's actually putting, um, he's going to overpay to acquire somebody. So I'm st- regardless of what he said, when it comes to players, I'm still expecting a trade. There, there has to be for uh, the Montreal Canadians, but when it comes to the coaching staff with no carry price, with all this uncertainty around him as well, even if he went on and changed the coach this season, the new coach would come in with no uh, with no carry price, so then you're setting up a new coach to uh, fail as well. At the end of the season, at the off-season, I think that's all up in the air. Let's see how the Canadians do, and then I think uh, if Mark Benjamin decides that he needs a new coach, It'll be done during the uh, the off season, and uh, not uh, not during the season. I think at this point, to change a coach, at this point, it's losing conditions. Even if you bring in a new coach, if you put in an interim, what's the point? We all remember how Randy Cunningworth was a uh, a couple of seasons ago. So so all that to be said, Rick, I would have preferred if the guy who mentioned PK Subban playing forwards would have been our loser. And not uh, <laughs> and not those three guys. But that being said, I, I do understand that you put them as losers because they're the ones that are leading in this slump. So in that sense, yes, I do agree with it. But specifically, more than that, we'll uh, we'll leave it at that. We'll we'll leave it open as well to our Twitter followers, to our listeners. Give us a call one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five. Let us know what you think. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we'll be reading your tweets and we will be talking about what can the Canadians do next to get out of the slump. Stay with us. This is the Habs 360 podcast featuring allhabs.net. Habs 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. Don't live close to Montreal? Ever feel like you're the only Habs fan in town? Chances are good that there are plenty of fellow fans just around the corner. And HabsTweetUp.com will help you find them. If you're interested in hosting a hockey party in your city, visit HabsTweetUp.com for more details. You'll be connected to other Habs fans near you in no time. Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs 360 podcast and Anthony from Martocanvas.com are pleased to announce the Habs contest will run during every Habs game in the playoffs and will give you an opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of Art2Canvas.com. Follow Habs 360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details 
and for high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit art2canvas.com. Good luck. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the St. John's Ice Caps or the Brampton Beast more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. It's episode 164 for this Saturday, January 23rd, 2016. I'm Chris G at Chris G. Canadian, along with Rick Stevens at All Habs and Wells Teams of Canadians. They they forgot how to win instead of uh, they forgot about Dre. But let's go let's go on. Uh, so we did find out that uh, Mark Bergevin did speak to the players prior to the press conference. He spent about uh, 20 minutes speaking to them. Uh, let's hear. As the general manager on what his message was, and then we'll hear from Brendan Gallagher and Jeff Petrie. And when you play not to make mistake, you make mistake. When you play not to lose, you lose. And that's my message to our players. Don't play not to lose, play to win. Absolutely, I think it does. I think um, and that was nice for us as players to hear yesterday. You look at uh, as much as you want to say you can block everything out, it's living in this city it's, it's too hard to do everywhere you go you're hearing about it so for us to um, almost take the emotions out of the equations at the time I think we were getting a little bit too emotionally involved and um, you know with Burge coming down speaking to us like he spoke to us yesterday I think it just had a calming feeling throughout the room and you know I'm, I expect that to reflect in our play I think it's you know it, uh, it was well received by the group. Well, it's a group that you know he believes in us we believe in him we believe in you know every guy in this room the coaching staff so um, you know, it's a group effort, and um, you know we, as a group, need to, uh, you know, to work to turn this thing around. Okay, so now just a couple of uh, uh, tweets. Uh, we have, our poll question is: Canadians are playing three games prior to the All Star break. How many points will they get out of the possible six? Uh, Bill Gartner uh, from Parts Unknown. He writes: uh, Who the f cares? Trade them all and start new. <laughs> So I guess he's a fan of tanking. <laughs> uh, Kelly, also from Parts Unknown, writes, I think they win one, and it won't be against uh, Toronto. So Kelly's expecting a win against uh, Columbus in one of the two games. Uh, now some comments around Mark Bergevin. First one comes from Home of the Habs. He's going to give the team lots of relief and take off lots of pressure. Tonight is a new beginning, so... Positive Habs fan right there. Next one comes from uh, Jim uh, from Alberta. Calgary St. Peter's fan, so it's probably from Calgary. Uh, I wish Mark Bergevin would just do his job instead of showing off and building his ego and not the helpless Habs. Mark Bergevin keeping Michel Therrien endorses mismanagement of players since December 1st when this awful losing streak started. Nothing's changed. PK has three measly goals, yet everyone endorses him and scared to criticize him. Why not build around his lack of production? 
uh, winning starts from within. The positive seed needs to be planted within the leaders of this team and, uh, and allowed to grow. Why is this not being done? The poison trade of John Scott and not playing him is the curse of continued death. Shame on Mark Bergevin. What if Carey Price's career is cut short? It seems this team will turtle and die. Winning is a team effort, not just one player uh, step up. So that's, oh, there's more. <laughs> Winning tradition is lost. Bring in past winners to inspire and resurrect this team. Thanks for listening and passing on. So thank you very much for the tweets, Jim. Seemed like a rant more than uh, <laughs> more than a couple of tweets. So Rick, in the in the press conference, uh, Mark Bergman, we've heard him before, and even on Thursday's press conference, he mentioned it again over and over. It must have been at least six, seven times. I stopped counting that it's so hard to make trades uh, these days in the NHL. Do you think he actually believes that, or is he just trying to uh, control or the expectation to manage expectations? Um. It's it, it is it is hard and it, it you know he used the the um, video game uh, analogy one other time and and um, yeah it's it's much it's much harder um, but there's not very many people that get the chance to do what he does particularly in the market that he is working in so he has got to be one of the best in the world at what he does he has got to be one of the best in the world. At, at being a general manager um, for a hockey franchise. And I think if his, you know, um, it's, it's, it's pretty hard to contain right now. Uh, one of the best lines in the NHL is um, in, in Florida, the Panthers. Pretty hard to contain that first line. Um, if, you, if Michelle Therrien put... put um, uh, Lars Eller out, let's say the third line out, and then said, okay, your job is to contain that line, and, and the line scored six goals. And and Eller said after the game to Terry, you know what? It's really, really hard to do my job. Do you think that's going to... What's Terry... How's Terry going to react to that? I, I just... Um, I, I, I understand what Bergevin's saying, but his constant going back to how hard it is is starting to sound pretty whiny to me, particularly when other GMs around the league over the last three and a half years have either made trades, have brought in free agents, um, have developed players and brought them up to the big club who have made an impact. Um, so I'm, I'm, I, and I, I, I'm getting this reaction from fans to um, if if um, Bergevin's communication department is listening, that's not an excuse to go to anymore. But you know what? Nobody wants to hear it. Just get it done. But don't 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 give me the, these excuses. Just get it done. I mean, we all have a job. We all work. We all get paid. And at times, our jobs are never easy. But what does our boss tell us? I don't care how you do it. Just get it done. I'm paying you. Get it done. And that's it. So there you go. That was the message from uh, Jeremy Filosa in episode last in episode 163 last week from 98.5 FM Sports. If you missed it, uh, go to the All Habs podcast page and uh, you can listen to that interview. Great stuff from uh, Jeremy Filosa uh, 
last uh, last week, and that's the message that we have for Bergevin, this team, when it comes especially to scoring top six, they they need some help, so he needs to find a way to uh, to get it done. Well, uh, it's been slower than we expected. Uh, injuries are everybody's body's different, heal quicker, slower. Uh, his position is very demanding for his injury, so he has gone slower. There's none. There's, there hasn't been any setback, and I don't have a, exactly a date, but I don't think it'll be before another three weeks, maybe even a month. We don't. So, Rick, it sounds it'll be at least three to four weeks, but he kept saying it's uncertain. So we could get even a revised schedule when that comes, and. He's been skating. It's been at least a week, if not more, that Carey Price has been skating without uh, equipment. Uh, the fact of the uncertainty around Carey Price's return, how difficult do you think that makes uh, Bergevin's job? Like, Do you think he it's worth it for him to look for a trade, or is he at the point where he's looking at, you know what, let's forget about this year and let's do the changes during the offseason? Well, it certainly comes into his decision-making. And, and um, you know, if it is uncertain, if if he's going to be coming back and they're uncertain if he's 100%, um, you know, given their start, uh, you understand why they rushed um, uh, Price back at the end of November. But we saw what happened there. And, um, you know, if they try to do that again, this is going to affect his, his career. And they don't want to do that. So... Um, if shutting him down makes sense, if, if rest is what he needs, uh, rest and rehab, and, and uh, um, then, you know, that's going to drastically change uh, Bergevin's philosophy, his approach to trades, his approach to the trade deadline, um, and, and maybe he's better off looking to the offseason because we know, um, you know, the Drouin trade, he's going to overpay uh, any kind of other GMs see him as as being in a very weak position right now, so they're going to try to take advantage. Um, if if you don't have Price back, um, if you don't have a chance of making a long run in the playoffs, uh, then then it's better to change your your short term uh, philosophy. And I think uh, the next about six seven games will be really important and will uh, will. Help Mark Bergevin decide if uh, he'll make a move. Because if we look just at the Canadians' next opponents, the Leafs, then it's the Blue Jackets twice, and then after the All-Star break, it's the Flyers, the Sabres, the Oilers, and the Hurricanes. So all those games are winnable games for the Montreal uh, Canadiens. So if they come out of this stretch with a, I don't know, 2-5 and five or 1-6 and six record, then I think Bergevin will probably say, you know what, forget about this season and uh, we'll fix it uh, during the offseason. But if they go around and they go into some kind of stretch, 5-2, and 6-0, and 7-0 and or something, well, that he'll uh, probably be in the trade market. And then when Price comes back, he'll hope that he'll lead them into a uh, into a playoff spot. So so that's something we'll, we'll have to keep uh, keep our eye out. Trade deadline is on February 29th, so just about uh, five uh, five weeks away. Uh, a couple more comments from Twitter. First one comes from Happy44 in Calgary. When it comes to Mark Bergevin, 
He's trying the Gretzky move from the Olympics. It's called deflection. Okay, thank you for the tweet. Next one comes from uh, Z. He's too afraid of making a big trade for an impact forward. This is the reason the team has struggled. And in that sense, I think the biggest player the Canadians have acquired via trades, Rick, do you think it would be um, Thomas Vanek? Or would you put in Jeff yeah, Petrie? I, well, yeah, I think I'd put Petrie ahead given that, that he's had a, a more long-term impact. But, but I think... You know, the the one that took everybody by surprise was uh, was the Vanek trade. Um, unfortunately, it, it didn't work out. But um, the impact trade would be would be the Petrie trade. Uh, Tony, a loyal follower on uh, Twitter, he, he writes about tonight's game. I'm going to see the Leafs kick ass tonight with the best coach in the NHL. So, <laughs> thanks for the tweet, Tony. Uh, next one comes from uh, Robert Amoroso from Parts Unknown. Uncertainty is part of the problem. Bergevin can still make a trade or two to bolster lineup. So I agree that he could make. It's what Canadians need, a trade or two, but they still need their goalie uh, uh, and those one or two trades to for the team to have like a serious uh, playoff push. Next week comes from Gordon in uh, southwestern Ontario. He writes, Lack, Jones, Talbot, Lerner were all available last year. So seems like uh, Gordon is pointing his finger to the goaltending during this uh, this slump. And we didn't really touch, uh, talk about it in today's episode, but Rick, if we're looking at Mike Condon since December 3rd during this slump, I'm not saying that... He, uh, we know that there's issues all over the team during the slump, but he's had a save percentage in 14 starts during the slump of 896. Teams can't go far with that kind of a save percentage. No, not at all. And um, he's he's an average goaltender. The, the Canadians and, and, and Tarion have gotten used to relying on an extraordinary goaltender. Um, Condon's providing average goaltending, and um, it sticks out when you've when you've had uh, Price, I mean, you know, Condon is is. There's reasons why um, he was he was available as he was. Uh, there's some uh, the lateral movement just isn't isn't there. Um, he kind of loses his positioning sometimes. Um, he's he's performed uh, well for his caliber of goal the caliber of goaltender goaltender that he is. Um, you know, Skirvins is probably about the same, um, maybe a little less, but, but um, yeah, the Canadians have relied on goaltending. They have a system that relies on goaltending. Um, in the press conference, Mark Bergevin said, we have to find a way to win without Carey Price. That is a fact, his words. Um, and they haven't been able to find out, uh, to figure out, um, you know, um, Improving the power play, play uh, getting the, the the right guys with the right ice time, getting the right line combinations, making sure that the game that the team is prepared to play, making those in-game adjustments. Um, none of that has happened, and uh, I think in in maybe a roundabout way um, that um, Bergevin was was saying, yeah, our coaching has to be better. We have to find a a, a, a formula to win without Carey Price. 
So thank you very much for the tweet. We're going to go now to our Habs 360 hotline where we have somebody on the line. Hi, who's this? This is Joe. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? Not too bad. Yourself? I'm doing good. Thank you. So what's on your mind? What's going on with these Montreal Canadiens? Uh, there's a lot, and it starts... Uh, you might as well start from the head up, right? I mean, Tarion is... Is we this isn't the first time he's been in this situation where things get hard and he just kind of throws his hands up. So he doesn't know what to do. Um, I know last year with the power play that was a serious problem and they had to go straight to the media just to just to fix it, just so he'd stay out of it. Um, and what else? Like I mean, this Bergevin, this Bergevin thing. He's he's going to sit there and say, okay, well, put the onus on me. It's my fault that this is happening. But he doesn't make himself. In anywhere, like involved anywhere in social media, where somebody can actually say this is your fault, do something about it. It's easy to say that you know it's my fault, but if you cower behind walls and doors and windows, nobody can say anything to you anyway. So I mean, you know, he scored on that one. Um, and one more thing: that scandalous, scandalous uh, John Scott trade that sullied the name of the Habs. That was embarrassing. Now I'm just hoping, hoping to dear God, that he made an arrangement to get Bodker at the deadline <laughs> because he made that embarrassing trade that, you know, just made us look like fools. And I I feel bad for John Scott for what happened to him. That's that's not professional hockey at all. It we is, know why the it, trade went through. You, you like, think it's, it, a, it's a push by the league? Uh, yeah, I, I, totally, I totally think that everybody got together and said, look, this is what we got to do. And Bergevin hoping, hoping that he's just got something left in his think tank there that would say, okay, well, you give me Bodker at a deal at the deadline. I'm just I'm hoping that's the way it's going because Bodker is supposedly available. And, you know, because we took John Scott, and no disrespect to John Scott, but because we took him and saved and tried to save face for Arizona and the NHL, hopefully that we get Bodker at a deal at the deadline. Yeah, and the Canadians already have had uh, a trade, uh, two trades with, uh, with uh, Coyotes. This year they also traded Christian Thomas <laughs> to Arizona. So, Yeah, like, I mean, ho- I'm hoping that we get them at a bargain yeah. because of what we did, what we tried to save them from. And it just it, it made the whole organization look like a bunch of clowns. It really did. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much, Sir Joe, for the call, and thank you for listening. You have a good one. Thank you. So one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five is the way to reach us. And uh, Rick Joe did mention about Jal Madden, the coach, not being too available. And just a parallel, because in the NFL, I like the Chicago Bears, so we're not here to discuss about oh, yeah. football. <laughs> but one thing that the Bears coach does every Monday night, he has his own radio show. So he goes out on Chicago Sports Radio and he's there and he takes calls and he interacts with uh, with fans. And in here in Montreal, the Canadians, we, we don't get anything close to that kind of uh, action. Some transparency from uh, the coaching staff or the GMs, GM, uh, I should say. No, and, and even the, the immediate availability for the general manager is, is uh, you know, it, it doesn't happen that often. And it happens when uh, uh, Bergevin decides he's going to come out. You remember Goche, we didn't see him all year. Um, mm-hmm. there, is, there is a wall. There is protection. Um, I guess I was saying it in, in a slightly different way, is 
there's absolutely no risk um, to Bergevin to say, bring it on, uh, you know, blame me. There's, there's absolutely no consequences, no risk, uh, kind of a faux accountability uh, for him to say that. And, um, and I, I thought it was an interesting call. Uh, you know, uh, Mikhail Bodker would be, would be a great addition. Um, you know, remember when we talked last week uh, when the trade happened that we thought maybe Duclair was involved um, or Antoine Vermet or, you know, um, it couldn't have been uh, for John Scott. But, you know, it, we, won't, we won't know that there's this payback unless we see, uh, you know, an Angelo, Angelo Michelli or uh, Marcus Eisenstein going for uh, Mikel Bodkirk. Which would be an equally ridiculous trade, as mm-hmm. as as Joe said, um, uh, the John Scott trade was. Yeah, I won't spend too much more time on it. But if it happens this year, it'll be so fishy because everybody's uh, talking about it. So even if that was the original plan, I'm sure the league is, would do some something else not to make it uh, that obvious. But who knows? Stranger things have happened. Uh, next couple of tweets come from Paul in uh, Niagara Falls. He writes, until Habs get rid of Terrier, they are going nowhere. Let's be honest and tell the truth. You know I've been anti Terrier since he was hired and he has proven he just can't handle the team when things get tough. It doesn't matter who Bergevin gets. Terrier is a minor league coach who will screw the player up every time. It's bench time. Habs will be lucky to win a game before the All-Star break. Terry is lost behind the bench, bad decisions all around. So thank you very much for the tweets, uh, Paul. And Paul uh, evidently is not a, a Michel Terry fan. Uh, next tweet comes from Gordon in southwestern south Ontario. He writes, Habs will be flying Frenchmen tonight. Long overdue, bounces, luck, high risk shots, five-plus goals. So positive uh, fan for uh, tonight's well, the, game, at... the Leafs have lost six of seven, have they not? Something like that. Uh, so they're right for you know uh, for the Canadians to pounce. The, the the Leafs are a good opponent. And it's it's sad, Rick, that right now uh, the joke of the league is no longer the Leafs; it's the Montreal Canadiens. So that's why I want things to turn around tonight. Uh, Agreed. <laughs> If we look at our poll questions to see if or if there are other positive Habs fans, and there is, the question was how many points will the Habs get over the next three games? The 33% of the people who voted said two to three points. So it's about 50% of the points. So, you know, still better than what they've gotten in the last couple of games, but not overly positive yet for the Montreal Canadiens fans. Uh Next tweets come from uh, Hose from uh, uh, Paintington, British Columbia. He writes, Habs fans need to take a deep breath and relax. Uh, The Leafs traded four picks for Kessel. How did that work out of them? It has to be the right deal and not any deal. And I definitely agree that there's, uh, especially not at this point, no need to uh, overpay for any player. Uh, Next tweet comes from uh, Gordon. He writes, despite all the mess, blame Batman, fans vote, etc. So this is obviously about uh, John Scott. Habs many years overdue a protector, enforcer, has passed up teams, and pressed it was a bad deal. So thank you very much for the tweet, Gordon. 
And the last tweet comes from uh, Robert Amoroso from Parts Unknown. Tonight is an important night for Les Habitants. Time to step up, play for the crest, not the name on the back of the jersey. So thank you very much, everybody, for your for your tweets. And it's like we've mentioned, Habs three sixty, the most informative, the most interactive podcast that you'll find. Rick, in thirty seconds, how do you see uh, the Canadians' next three games until our next episode? Is it going to look? Is it going to get any better, or is we're still going to be talking about losses next week? Um, I think the, the the answer is, I don't know. Um, this is an incredibly fragile team right now. I think they will go out, given the, 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 the news conference, the support, the, the, they know Terrian's not going anywhere. I think that, that they'll go out and do their best, but if they get down a goal or two, um, they're in trouble. So, Seattle goes, uh, like we said, these teams, Leafs, Columbus Blue Jackets, are teams that the Canadians, uh, it's a winnable game. So, if the Canadians want to turn it around, it needs to get started in this three-game stretch and get at least four out of the possible uh, six points and to try to turn this season around. Rick, thank you very much. Always glad to join you, Chris. Uh, thank you, everybody, for your tweets, for your phone calls. You can keep interacting with us via our Twitter account at Habs360. Next week, All-Star break, will be an All-Star edition of the Habs360 podcast. Enjoy your week and go Habs go. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.